uh, up here that we have going on here. Amen. Let's get to the word. Amen. I have several verses of scripture that I want to read. Amen. First verse, amen, that I would like for us to start it. Let's go to Luke chapter 18, please. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you check this, um, baby? Check this and make sure that it's zoomed in like it should be so it's not far away. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to Luke chapter 18, and I need to read that out of the New Living Translation, please. Amen. Luke chapter 18. Hallelujah. When you have it, say amen. 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 Dad, I didn't hear everybody, so that means we got a couple people. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we want to wait for everybody to make sure we get it. Amen. Luke the 18th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And we want to start, amen, at verse 9, and we want to read verses 9 through 14. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was the despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to the heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, mm. and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen. Could you read that last verse one more time, please? I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen. So I want to look at this verse of scripture just so that we can examine a few things here because we, we all church folk up in here, right? Amen. Amen. And so I want to deal with this morning, amen, and let me say in advance that I love you. I don't, I mean, I know you all very well. Or whatever, but let me say in advance that I love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But I, I'm aware, amen, that we are in a state, amen, that we need to deal with. Come on here. Amen. I'm aware that as the body of Christ, amen, we need to deal with, amen, where we are. And there's nothing worse than being in a state and thinking that that's not me. Oh my God. Hello. Oh my Come my on. God. That ain't me. Come on. And so we see this parallel with these two, amen, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And Jesus is telling the story. And he said, these two men came to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee, amen, came as well as that tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself, amen, and prayed and said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like those other folks. I'm not a cheater. I'm not a sinner. I'm not an adulterer. And I'm certainly... Not like that tax collector. Jesus. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth 
of my income. But the tax collector, somebody say the tax collector, stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. My God. Now, I, I know that we say that we make great declarations and we prophesy over ourselves, but I know that most of us are not praying prayers like that, saying to the Lord, have mercy on me because I'm a sinner. Jesus. Because we look at ourselves as if we're already righteous. Come and on, so what on. I want to deal with today is spiritual atrophy. Amen. And anybody who knows anything about medical terminology, atrophy is the deterioration of a muscle or the deterioration of, of, of a nerve or whatever, or an organ. It is a wasting away of the body or an organ or a part as from defective nutrition or nerve damage. It is degeneration or decline as from disuse. A decrease in size, a wasting away, amen, to wither or to deteriorate. And here it is, this uh, Pharisee was thinking that he was on the incline, but he was actually on the decline. My God, my here God. he was because he was the religious folk. God. Come on, amen. Thinking that he had his life together. Because you know how we do. We come to church and we posture in front of everybody else. We pat ourselves on the back and we say how much we're doing, but we don't really look at what we're really not doing. Come on, come on. And one of the things that God is dealing with our hearts about is our self righteousness. My God. Come on here. Amen. If you pat yourself on the back about how well you're doing, amen, you are in spiritual atrophy. Amen. You are in deterioration when you think that you really are healthy. And that's a dangerous place to be. Amen. Because that means that you're not aware of where you really are. And it's important for all of us to examine ourselves. Doesn't the scripture say, let a man first examine himself to see whether he be in the faith? But amen. we have the tendency to let me examine you first. Oh, God. Oh, God. Amen. But we have failed to examine ourselves. Right. And that's what I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of self-examination. Hallelujah. Amen. I've been doing a lot of self-examination. I don't want to hear people applauds, applauses. I don't want to hear, oh, you this and you wonderful and whatever. I don't want to hear that because I know who I am when I'm by myself. Come on, here, somebody. And that's what we don't want to admit. We come to church and we stand up like this Pharisee. I give my tithes. I give my up. I fast. Hallelujah. I'm here on time. Hallelujah. I led prayer this morning. Whoever led prayer, I'm not talking about you unless it's you. Come on. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I did all the things that's right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But yet he could not see the state of his own heart. He could see the man who was standing next to him, but he failed to see himself. Spiritual atrophy. We are in a dangerous place. Atrophy will cause you to think that you have movement when you don't have any. You look like you okay from the outside. But when we do a deeper examination and we look at that muscle, we see that things have shrunken. Jesus. Because you haven't really been praying. Oh God. You haven't really been in the Word. You haven't really been doing the things that you're supposed to do. You have been participating in sin. 
Come on. And can I tell you something? Just because you didn't go lay with somebody, that don't mean that you didn't sin. Amen. If your amen. heart is not right, then you've sinned. Amen. Come on. Amen. Now, I didn't come to take no fancy this morning. I came to preach the gospel. Is that all right? That's all right. Oh, okay. I was just checking. That's good. Hallelujah. It's a terrible thing to be in atrophy and think that you're on the incline, but you're on the decline. Oh my God. And many of us in church are like this Pharisee, and we don't even know. Do you think that Jesus was telling the story for his help because he had nothing else to talk about? Because he had nothing else to say? No, he was setting an example because he knows that it's easy for us to sit in here under the air conditioner. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. With our wonderful clothes on, our faces made up. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. Sounding wonderful, looking wonderful, but yet our hearts be far from God. Jesus. Because we learn how to do stuff by rote. We learn how to do stuff because it's habit. But you know what? You always tell on yourself when you're in atrophy because you start running your mouth. Amen. Wow. Amen. Wow. Amen. You start saying stuff that you got no business saying. Jesus. Hello. How Amen. many of y'all said stuff you got no business? Right. Now, don't act like you're that sanctified up in here. <laughs> Come on. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you start yapping that mouth. Amen. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Can you, did I give you 1 Corinthians 10 and 12? Can you pull that up for me, please? I'm sorry. Amen. This servant beat his chest. And he said, Lord, I thank you. I'm not like that man. I'm not like that sinner. It's easy for us to point out somebody else's faults. But you don't know where their heart is. Come on here. Amen. Can I say that again? It's easy to put, it's easy for you to look at my down my downfalls and whatever it is that you feel like I'm not doing right. Amen. Okay? But can you handle that same judgment? My God. Come, come on, on, come on. That's what we have to deal with. Amen. We gotta deal with can I handle the same thing that I'm dishing out? Amen. 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 Now you know how we used to say come on. Girl, you can dish it out, but you can't take it. I'm a New Yorker, so that's how we do. Right. You know what I'm saying? We coming up in your face and we're going to say what's whatever. <laughs> come on. Amen. Yeah. Right? That's right. But we come to church and we smooth it over with a hallelujah. We smooth it over with a hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Meanwhile, we're judging one another. You're looking at each other like you ain't right. But you an atrophy. Jesus. Just because you got the mic and you know how to pull up your, your gift and get it going, that don't mean you're not an atrophy. Come on here. Come on here. Come on. Gifting is not a sign that you're healthy. Your heart condition is the sign of your health. That's right. Where your heart is. Amen. Can you repent? Amen. Can you go to God and say, you know what, Lord, I jacked that up right there. Come on, come on. Oh, I thought I had this stuff together. I thought I was, you know, you know, doing my thing. Come on. And Jesus, for Jesus to point this out, it wasn't because he wanted this, this uh, Pharisee, you know what I'm saying, to, to look bad. But the reality is, is if we're supposed to be here, if we're supposed to be doing what God has called us to do, can we please put our heart in the right place. Amen. Amen. If we're not going to do this thing and live holy with our heart, live holy with our heart, we might as well not even come to church. We're no better than anybody else. Hello? 
How many of y'all gave your life to Jesus and wanted to leave that worldly stuff behind? Come on, come on. But how many of y'all found yourself like Paul? Did you found that there's a law in you? There's a war going on on the inside. And the good things that you would do, you don't even do them because you at war with yourself. Preach it. My God, help us, Lord. Amen. So we got, okay. First Corinthians 10 to 12, what does it say? If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Say it again. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. So here's the situation. The issue is not your neighbor. Amen. <laughs> the issue is not your job. Amen. It's not your husband. Amen. It's not your wife. It's not them bad kids that you keep saying getting on your nerves. Come on. Come on. It's you. My God. Oh, God. My God. Come on. Verse 12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Jesus. Who are you taking heed to? Take heed to yourself. My God. He didn't say let him that think he stand look at his brother and see if his That's brother doing it right. That's not what he said. Amen. He said take heed to himself lest he fall. Why? Because that very moment that you think that you are beyond falling, that's when you fall. Come on. Amen. How many of y'all ever fell into sin before? Amen. Hello. Amen. How many of y'all said I'm going fast but you ended up at the buffet? Come on. Come on. That make it plain, don't it? Right? How many of y'all said you're going to be good to your enemies, but you ain't going to cuss them out? Even if you ain't saying out loud, you said it in your breath, you cuss them out. Can I tell you something? I see somebody who wrote a Facebook post, right? And they use, like, substitutes for cuss words. But I understood what each cuss word was supposed to be. I said, he might as well hear what on the head said it. Amen. Amen. Because in his mind, he said it. If you took that much time to try to figure out a word that sounds like the cuss word, and you put it in its place, that's what we do. And then we pat ourselves on that. I didn't Jesus. Yes, you did. Come on. Amen. Jesus said that, but man, look at a woman to lust, upon, lust after her. You already sinned. It's as if you've already done it. Why are you talking like this, Apostle Friend? Because we need to bring this to front street. Amen. Because Amen. we are deluded. Amen. Wow. We are in atrophy. Wow. When you are in the medical community and you're in atrophy, you have to go through physical therapy in order for that muscle to be pulled back out of where it was so that you can have full mobility. Wow. And what has happened is we've gotten accustomed to being handicapped. Wow. Come on. We've gotten accustomed to, I walk with a limp. When in reality, this limp is something that is an issue for me. Come on, amen. We've grown accustomed to it. So instead of dealing with it, we've made accommodations for it. Mm. Can I bring that to the natural? They do that in the medical community. If you have an issue, you can barely walk. We got walkers. We got wheelchairs. We got canes. We got everything to try to accommodate your handicap. Come on. And now we come to church, and you want everybody to accommodate your handicap. No, sir, we're not doing it. Come on here, amen. We're not doing it. Be honest with yourself. If you in atrophy, you got to be honest with yourself. Can I have James chapter 1, please? I might get through all these verses. Hallelujah.
James chapter 1, verses 23 and 24. What does it say? For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. How do you forget what you look like? Who in the world is going to stand in front of the mirror and see that your jeans are ripped in the seat? Not these little tears you get in the front. Like you rip in the back and your whole backside is hanging out. You see it. You're still going outside like that. How do you forget what you see when you look in the mirror? How do you forget what God has already spoken to you when he shows it to you through his word? Here's the mirror. Here's the mirror. When you see where you are, why are you trying to come in here and fake it off? Let me tell you something because when we open our mouth, we can hear it. Oh God, Jesus. If you got an ear, you can hear when you're not in where you should be. Ooh, Jesus. My God. Come on here. Amen. Amen. You can play it off in the world all you want to. Amen. But when you come into the presence of the Lord, you can't hide that foolishness. Amen. Look at these people walking in the door. Bless them, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 23 says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Next verse, what does it say? Amen. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away and straightway forgetteth. What manner of man he was. My God. We are Pharisees. Jesus. We are that Pharisee. We're standing up praying. I thank God I'm not like that man. I think, listen, I pray. I fast. Let's go through his list. Now, this is bad when you're going in the presence of the Lord and you are rattling off your list of how wonderful you are. Jesus. Who does that? Pharisees. Because they are oblivious of their atrophy. Wow. Come on. He says, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. Cheaters, mm -hmm. sinners, adulterers. And I'm certainly not like that tax collector. Mm. I'm not like them. Jesus. I'm saying, God is using me. God is speaking to me. And again, the issue is not your neighbor. The issue is not your family. The issue is not anybody that's connected to you. The issue is you are oblivious to you. That's the issue. And when you are oblivious to yourself, you will continue to pray like that Pharisee. We will continue to come to church and behave like this Pharisee. Thinking that we got our act all together when we know we tore up from the floor. My God. Come my on. God. Amen. 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 And, and once you have allowed yourself to suffer atrophy, you move to the next level of depravity. Can we get to John chapter 5, please? It doesn't stop at you wasting away. It doesn't stop at you suffering degeneration and decline from your disuse. It doesn't, it doesn't stop at you withering away and deteriorating. Amen. John chapter 5 verses 2 through 9. Amen. What does it say? Amen. Inside, inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? 
I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus said to him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. Okay, and so here we are. He's been in these verses. Here's this man paralyzed. And Jesus knows that he can't get up and walk. My God. But he still asked him, do you want to get well? Jesus. Jesus. Every service we come in and we hear the same question. It may not be phrased in that manner, but we're still hearing God ask us, do you want to get well? My God. Do you want to be made well? Or are you content with your paralysis? Because that's the next level of your atrophy. Because once you start shrieking back and not doing what you're supposed to do, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, if you start, amen, atrophying in your spirit and you start suffering loss and deteriorating because you're not praying, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe you might be praying, but then as soon as you get out the door, the prayer you pray in here don't work out there. Come on, amen. We're good as long as we under, you know what I'm saying, this steeple. Come on, my God. But when we get outside, it's a whole nother ball of wax. My God. Come on, amen. Jesus. Because that lust that keep coming for you. Jesus. Come on here, amen. It don't bother you while you in here, but when you get outside. Come on here. That nasty attitude. Come on, amen. You don't have no issue with it while you in here, but when you get outside that door. The paralysis. Wow. You came in. Jesus asked the question. Do you want to be made well? I mean it's really up to you. And then we are like this man. We blame everybody else. I do. But every time I want to get to the water. Somebody else beats me there. Jesus. Really? Excuse. Say it again brother. Excuse. Excuses. And none of these excuses. Will be excused. Jesus. Come on. Not Come on. one. You are responsible. Amen. Come on, somebody say, I am, I am responsible, responsible for me. For me. Amen. So Jesus asked this man, do you want to be made well? And just like this man, we get in our frustration and we, we explain how long we've been waiting. I've been waiting, God. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been believing, God. I've been trusting in you, Lord. Still nothing ain't happening. Liar. Come on, come on. Come on, amen. Because I still say, every time I read this verse, I always say to myself, why didn't he drag himself to the pool? Come on, come on. My God. Let me tell you something. Jesus. His legs didn't work. It didn't say that his arms didn't work. Come on, come on. But because he didn't have the use of his legs, his arms was probably atrophied. Jesus. Because he refused to use what he had. Wow. And so, what do you have that you refuse to use? What do you have in your arsenal that God has given to you that every time you face the temptation, every time you face that test, every time that situation comes up, do you find yourself talking like you that Pharisee or are you praying like you are that tax collector? Jesus, and nine times out of ten, we're like that Pharisee. Amen. Because we are comfortable where we are as long as you don't mess with my little red wagon. Dag, Sister Sally should have been here. That word was fuck. Come on, come on. Oh my God. Where is Minister Boo Boo at? My God. He should have been here. I just got finished telling him that he needed to get his 
stuff together. Ooh. No. Ooh, Jesus. Smokey, we talking about you. Yes, God. We talking about you. It is the heart of a Pharisee that looks at everybody else and says, it's you and not me. Come on. Amen. You know how we see people say in relationships, it's not you, it's me. No, really, it is you. <laughs> really, it is. And we got to be honest about that. Amen? Hallelujah. Here's the thing that you have to understand. Jesus is not going to fix whatever we want to keep broken. Wow. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you that again? He is not going to fix Whatever it is that you want to keep broken, whatever you want to keep nursing, whatever it is that you want to keep giving attention to, whatever it is that you want to keep making excuses for, come on, he's not going to fix that. You know why? Because you don't want him to. You're sitting by the pool, but you really don't want to get in. That's the reality. Sitting there, but not really wanting to get in. We come to church, but we really don't want to get in. We don't want church to get in us. We don't want to really be what God wants us to be. I need to read something to you because, you know, I was doing some studying and I didn't really see it like this until I started going back and looking at some things. And, you know, we always really talk really good about um, um, Isaac, right? And, and when you read through the book of Genesis, you see how that the scripture always says, you know, it makes mention of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But what did Isaac really do? Other than inherit his space. What did he do? He didn't do nothing. When you read the scripture, you find that he really did not do anything. And when I began to look at that, I said, how is that possible? He is, you know, we always say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We look at that in the scripture, right? Amen. But he doesn't seem like an individual who would be dealing with any kind of atrophy. Can I tell you what his problem was? Privilege. Wow. The fact that he didn't have to work for his position. Wow. And a lot of times we walk into something, amen, and we didn't work for it. And because we don't work for it, we don't respect it. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. And he did not respect it. I'm going to prove it to you when you look at the scripture. Amen. And I want to look real quick. This is Genesis 32. I know this is not in my other notes, but I just want you to look at this real quick. Genesis 32 verses 9 through 12. It says, then Jacob said, God of my father, Abraham and God of my father, Isaac, the Lord who said to me, go back to the land and to your family and I will cause you to prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and of all your kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. Indeed, I crossed over this Jordan with my staff and now I become two camps. Please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid of him. Otherwise, he, he may come back and attack me, the mothers and their children. You have said, I will cause you to prosper and I will make your offspring like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So here is Jacob praying a prayer, right? Amen. And he's praying this prayer because he's afraid of Esau coming after him. Okay. Why did Esau come after him? Because of his father. We always blame Rebecca. 
we always blame the mama. And we say it was the mother's fault that, you know what I'm saying? You know, she made her, she made, she made Jacob trick her fa his father and go in there. But the issue was, is that Isaac was given to his appetite. And if you read the scripture, the Bible says that because Isaac loved meat, he loved Esau. Because Esau was a hunter. Isn't that what the scripture say? That's the word. And here's the problem. His appetite caused him to lose his wow. discernment. Wow. He was in atrophy. Wow. How is it that you don't know your son's voice? The Bible says his eyes were dim, not his ears. That's right. That's right. I don't care what my kids put on to try to sound, to act like or feel like one of my other kids. I know their voices. Amen. And because he wanted what he wanted so bad. His loss of vision was prophetic for where he stood in the spirit. He lost his spiritual vision because he was in atrophy over his appetite. He didn't work for his position, so he didn't respect it. And because he didn't respect it, he couldn't give that to his sons. And the Bible says that all he was thinking about was he wasn't thinking about really giving out that birthright. He was thinking about his stomach. He said, go and go hunt and find me something. So that I can eat before I die. You mean to tell me you coming up on the last bit of your life and all you can think about is eating? Wow. Come on here. That's serious business. Are y'all thinking about this? Okay. Are you thinking about how your appetite will get in trouble with God? How whatever it is that you want will get in the way of your walk with God? That's serious. This is why we got to be honest about whether or not we're Pharisees or tax collectors. Jesus, amen. This is why you got to be honest about where you stand. Here it was. We look at it from the outside and we praise Isaac because he was named as one. You know what I'm saying? He's in the descendants of Abraham. He sure is. But his appetite caused him to give the blessing to the wrong son. Wow. It wasn't just his wife. We understand what the will of God was. God was going to make it so that Jacob would be blessed anyway. But they got involved. You know how we do put our hand in stuff that because we know what well, God said. Amen. So because God said we try to make stuff happen. Amen. Hello. Amen. Put our hand in it and mess it up. That's what they did. My God. What do you do when you're in decline and you don't know that you're in decline? Jesus. You got to face reality. Well, Pastor, why you could come here and say something encouraging? This is encouragement. Yes, yes it is. Yes, I'm encouraging yes, you to get it together. Yes. Come on here. Yes. This is encouragement. Yes. You know why? Because you're alive to hear it. Yes, God. This yes. is encouragement because that means that God is giving us the opportunity to stop making excuses. Stop going home and sinning and coming to church and acting like nobody don't know. Yes, God. Boo-boo, we know. Amen. You may not have been sat down yet, but we know. Amen. Come on here. God is being merciful. Thank you, Jesus. He's giving you space to repent. Thank you, Lord. But you got to stop coming into the temple, temple of faith. Amen. And saying, I'm glad I'm not like that sinner. Wow. Jesus. I'm glad I'm not like that individual. I'm glad I got my stuff together. I'm a tither. I show up for prayer. Pastor, amen. Apostles, amen. They can count on me. Jesus. My God. That's wonderful, but can God count on you? Come on, my God. 
because that's the next, that's the first dimension, really. Can God rely on you to be faithful where you stand? When the lights are on, when the lights are off. When everybody else can see you and when nobody can see you. Can God trust you? And can I tell you something? The Bible is right. It is clear. And it, never, it is never wrong. The scripture said, be sure your sin will find you out. Amen. Listen to me. What you think nobody else don't know? Yeah, they do. Amen. They do. You think people don't know who live shabby? Yes, they do. Amen. You think people don't know who just come to church and put on a good show, but they really don't have no life to back it up? Yes, they know. They just not saying nothing. I tell you something my husband used to say with the kids when they were cutting up when they was growing up. He said, okay, I'll play your silly little game. You want to play? I'll play your silly little game. And that's what we're doing. We're playing games. But we're playing games with our soul. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? You don't have anything that can purchase your soul. You have nothing that you can give in exchange for your relationship with God. We got to stop making excuses. If we're going to act like we're faithful, then we need to sure enough be faithful. Come on. Come on. Amen. In our heart. Because all this gum bumping, God don't receive that. Amen. He don't want to hear that. That doesn't matter to God. You know you're not going to heaven based off your intentions. Hello? Amen. You can intend to accept Jesus. You can intend to do what's right and still do what's wrong. Come on. And because you don't do what you intended on doing, you'll be lost. Amen. We don't need no more. Let me tickle your fancy message. Amen. We don't need that. Maybe we'll shout next time. <laughs> Come on. It's all right. I really don't care about the shouting part. Because if we're shouting and our hearts are not right, we're not doing anything but exercising. Amen. And the scripture does say bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable to all things. Godliness. Can we, can we get some godly exercise going? Are y'all here? Godly exercise. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we need to practice. Can you just give me Acts chapter 9 and we're going on home. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 9. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm still on the time. Ain't God wonderful? Yes, good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Acts the ninth chapter. Amen. And please give me that in the ESV. Acts the ninth chapter. Amen. All right. And we want to look at verses 31 through 35. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now as Peter went here and there among, all, among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived in, Le- in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas. Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. All the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. Amen. I'm reading this verse at the last because I want us to understand what our focus is. This is an apostolic church. 
And as such, you have an apostolic mandate. And your mandate is to serve the Lord, amen, and to touch the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that is impossible if you don't deal with where you are. The unfortunate reality is, is that the world has more discerning than the church. They can come in. They know how we're supposed to dress. They know what's supposed to happen during service. And we come in here act like we don't. Jesus. Come on. Amen. Amen. Talk to any sinners lately. Jesus. Come on. They know. We have a responsibility. And we have got to come out of this spiritual atrophy because that's really just survival mode. That's just, I'm doing whatever I can to stay above water, but I'm really not in this. Jesus. And you think nobody don't know? You think nobody don't know that you just doggy paddling because you just, you just, I'm here. My God. Come on. It shows. It will show in your speech. It will show in your behavior. It will show in your attitude. It will show in you how you sit in church. Come on. Come on. What time is it? Jesus. Come on. We got to get out of survival mode and not even thrive, but serve. Come on. Come on. Our responsibility is to serve. Our responsibility is to preach this gospel. Our responsibility is to live unspotted from this world. I understand that there are things that come against every last one of us. But when you say that, and let me just ask this question. Let me find out. Let me gauge the room. How many of y'all feel like God called y'all to do something for him? Amen. Amen. Now, don't get scared now. (laughs) Because you know how we do, child, the Lord called me. I know he called me. The Lord speak to me. He was talking to me in my prayer time. I had tea with Jesus this morning. You know how we do. We deep. But when we get called on the carpet, I don't know about that. God know I'm called. That's all that matters. God know I'm called. Because we don't want that requirement put on us. That's what it is. We, we really are like Isaac. Jesus. We came to church. Everything is here. All we got to do is step into a position. Jesus. Oh, my God. Hello. My God. Something that you didn't work for. Because it's already here. But can you honor it? Jesus. Amen. Can you honor it? Amen. And so we got to get back to and really every place that I have gone. This is the message. Let's get back to God. Let's get back to God. Let's stop with all this worldliness. Let's stop with all this carnality. Let's stop with all this foolishness that we have picked up. Come on. Amen. Amen. Let's get back to our mandate. The thing that God called us to. It's nice for God to take you wherever and do whatever with you. But it's worthless if your heart is not in the right place. You cannot do what God called you to do in yourself. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can't be an effective witness Amen. for God if your heart is not in the right place. Can I tell you what the word witness means in the Greek? Amen. It's, for the, it's the same word for martyr. My God. My God. So you can't even really witness for somebody or to somebody about God unless you're dead. 
unless you have given your very life for what you believe. We haven't gotten there yet. You know why? Because our TV shows still take precedent over prayer. Our secret life still takes precedent over prayer. My God. Come on. Our attitude and our appetite, like Isaac, still takes precedent over getting in the presence of God. Let's get back to what God has called us to do. When we cease to do what we have been called to do as the church, we are not the church. Amen. When we stop witnessing, when we stop being who God called us to be as believers, which is salt and light, when we stop being that, then guess what? The reality is we're in atrophy and on our way to paralysis. My God. Jesus. And we got to be honest about ourselves. Come on, stand to your feet. We got to be honest about it. We got to be honest with ourselves. We got to tell ourselves the truth. If you've never told yourself the honest to God truth, today is the day you need to tell yourself the truth. Today is the day that we have to say, I am not doing this anymore like this. I'm making a covenant with myself and with God. Can we get that song and put that song back on there? Love you forever. Amen. Today has to be the day. Because you don't know what this afternoon holds. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You have today. And because you have today, today is when you have to move. If you know that you've been been just in survival mode. And not really been in serve mode. Not really been where your whole heart is in this. I got four minutes. And we need to get on this altar. We need to get on this altar. Let's not be like the Pharisee. We're not looking at nobody else. This doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. This don't have nothing to do with your title. This doesn't have anything to do with who you think you are. Or who people have called you to be. Or whatever. Or what God has called you to be. You can't be that. Until you get your heart right. So I want us. Amen. Let's get on this altar. Let's move from where we are, from our seats, where we are. Let's get on this altar and let's cry out to God. Let's ask God to cleanse our hearts. Let's ask God to create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us. Let's ask God so that whenever we say we are ministers, we want that to be for real. We want that to be for real. We don't want that to be something that we're just saying we carry in this title. Come on, let your heart reach out to the Lord. This is between you and God. This don't have nothing to do with Apostle Fran. This don't have nothing to do with Fran. This is you and God. You know what has been in your way. You know what things have, amen, been your hindrance. What things have caused you to walk in atrophy. Today is the day. Lay it down. Come on, I need you to tell God that. I'm going to love you forever, God. I'm going to give you everything, God. I'm not going out of here the same way that I came in here. I'm not leaving here with habits that's a secret. I'm not leaving here with an attitude that's not right. I'm not leaving here with my heart 
of your worship. He's worthy. He's worthy. Lord, we bless your name today, God. 
Come on, that's why breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. I'm not leaving here the same way I came. Breakthrough.
if things don't get better, but we know that they will. Hallelujah. We're going to love him. Hallelujah. Come on, bless the Lord. Come on and honor him in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands and honor him. Hallelujah. 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 Let us be determined that we will love him forever. That nothing gets in the way of our love for God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Get back in the hands of our presider. Come on, bless the Lord. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.